0: Let's head into the week of the 2016 U.S. presidential election. We are going to make this decision now. The Fox News decision desk has called Pennsylvania for Donald Trump. This means that Donald Trump will be the 45th president of the United States. I've just received a call from Secretary Clinton.
1: Uh, where are we going with this?
0: Just stay with me. I promise you I'm going somewhere. Sunlux, interestingly enough, was in the studio during that week of the election and wrote this EP, the Remedy EP, as a response to the shift in the political climate. Here's Ryan on the Spill the Wine podcast explaining the genesis of the EP. So Uh, when
2: we, we got together in LA to work on the work on the new record and it, and, um, it was actually election week and, uh, we were together for a day and then, and then the next day, um, you know, hell broke loose and we spent the rest of the week really just kind of, um, not really focusing on our to-do list, but just kind of creating together and, um, kind of working together as a almost like a therapeutic act Mm -hmm. and the songs that eventually emerged from that week together following the election kind of that working through trauma together basically um, became the remedy EP which Mm -hmm. we which we we finished up and we released it um, without a lot of fanfare but we um, although we did invite 300 fans to sing with us on one song which is pretty fun (laughs) Again, the internet, um, uh, that Remedy EP was kind of like our just initial gut reaction to political change uh, and cultural change um, in the United States.
0: And part of that therapeutic process was expressing their anger. And here's Ryan again.
2: And then um, we continued working on um, some of the material that that was just really in its infancy before the Remedy EP and it kind of all blends together but the remedy ep essentially had set there were songs that it kind of like felt like they wanted to be something other than the album and mm-hmm. they started to feel like they belonged together and, and they were well, they were pissed off songs they were, pissed off they songs, were yeah. majorly and that pissed yeah and that off. was the first and there'll be more of that for sure yeah but that was the uh, that was the first time that i i had written some angry music as sunlux right
0: So you have this collection of angry songs, and I should mention quickly, as an aside, when Sunlux was asked about how they felt about the Trump presidency and current political climate during their Reddit AMA, they posted a GIF, and maybe this is a GIF you've seen before, Monica, where this white Pomeranian dog falls off these stairs outside, totally face plants, and then someone did an editing job where the dog just bursts into flames.
1: No, I haven't (laughs) seen that. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> so that that, that kind of nicely summarizes uh, what they feel about the current administration. But back to the EP and these angry songs. So one of these songs is like a prayer, but a really, really pissed off prayer. That song is called Stolen. And right from the start, you're like, damn, that's really, really cold. The opening lines are, quote, May you die wide awake with a look of great surprise. May your eyes be taken just one
3: with a look of
4: great surprise.
1: Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, extremely disturbing stuff. And the music really fits the violet atmosphere of the lyrics. The song opens with a haunting, deep, vibrating tone that sounds sort of like some sort of woodwind instrument. Yeah, what is that? That's a bromeophone. I'm not sure if that's the exact way you say it, because this is a, a newly invented instrument. It was created by this experimental musician, Ariantan Dianoso. Hopefully I'm pronouncing your name correctly. I'm sure you're not. Probably not, but that's okay. <laughs> we apologize. Let's see how, uh, but you know, how do I describe how it looks? Uh, if you took the mouthpiece from a saxophone and stuck it on a PVC pipe, but the PVC pipe branches out to include two other PVC pipes and it sort of kind of looks like a bagpipe, but without the inflatable bag. So when Arrington blows into the mouthpiece, sound comes out of all those two pipes. And those two pipes produce this crazy, harsh-sounding droning note.
1: Sounds Kind of like a didgeridoo, which I've played before, thanks to you. Uh, If you recall, you brought it into work. I was pretty much a natural, and I impressed pretty much everyone in the building.
0: That's not quite how I remember it, and we actually have an audio clip we can play for everyone. That's cold.
1: (laughs) dedicate this extremely mediocre
0: didgeridoo
3: performance to my future friend Tom Holland at least there was no false advertising
0: (laughs) hey but you know what, we're proud of you nonetheless because you did produce a note your first time playing the instrument which not everyone does, my wife cannot do that so I was impressed in that way. Your mastery is gonna take just a little bit little 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 bit more work. You're kinda out of tune now. <laughs> oh, but anyways, back to stolen. Went far, far off track there. Not only is that droning note present throughout the song, but you have this frenetic what I'm assuming is a highly digitally manipulated guitar. And underneath that, you have what sounds like a kalimba, which is this ancient instrument from Zimbabwe, believed to be the inspiration for what we know in the Western world as a music box. Then over this chaotic musical bed, there are these violent stabbing outbursts. There's a lot going on here. Ancient and new instruments, the ones from different cultures, digitally manipulate sounds, anger, and violence. Then there's Ryan's deadpan monotone delivery that transforms to something more passionate in the final verse. Been stolen from you. The first time I heard Stolen, I had to pull my job the ground because I was just so shocked at how angry the song was. I was not at all used to a song like this from Sunlux at all. But spinning the track a few more times, there was something familiar to me in the way that Ryan was expressing his anger. Stolen is like an imprecatory psalm.
1: And what exactly is an imprecatory psalm?
0: I am glad you asked because I I reached out to a friend of mine to help explain what an imprecatory psalm is.
4: Basically just a curse.
0: Here's Lucas Matthews.
4: Could be a group of people or a type of person um, or even an individual. Um, But basically, yeah, it's a a curse. How How does it work in the psalms? Yeah, in the psalms... Uh, the psalmist often um, prays in a precatory prayer um, or song. Yeah, depending on who the psalmist is, um, they might be praying in regards to a particular situation they're in or even um, just a type of person that relates to them in a negative way. Maybe they've harmed the psalmist or they've harmed God's people. Um, and so the psalmist is is calling a curse on the people Um, who seek harm against God's people. Yeah, it's seeking justice for an offense, seeking God's intervention um, in real time for an offense that's committed against a people who God loves. Yeah, I think there's um, a tendency to to think that the imprecatory Psalms are maybe just an emotional response. Um, Just like David is maybe just really mad or angry in the moment. But the reality is that These are written songs that are meant to be sung by um, a congregation. And so it's more likely that they were meditated on, written out carefully. Yeah, so there's just not uh, much weight in in imprecatory psalms being just an emotional outburst. Hmm. The psalmist is actually calling for God's justice. He actually wants um, what he's praying about to happen. Um, And I think we can understand that in context by understanding the role of justice um, and we want to think of God as maybe being all loving and all kind and maybe not intervening um, in our day-to-day lives. But the reality is God really cares about justice and cares about what's going on in the world. And, and so it's appropriate, I think, in a lot of cases to ask God to intervene according to His character. I think we can ask the question, should we pray in Precatory Psalms today? Um, and is this still relevant for Christians, or is this just um, sort of an, an ancient thing that we're too civilized to practice anymore? And, and you could ask the question, how does Jesus connect to the imprecatory Psalms? Um, in, in Galatians 3, verse 10, it says, For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse, for it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all the things written in the book of the law, and do them. And then later it says in verse 13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So you see in Galatians, Paul's connecting the curse, the imprecation that we all deserve uh, because we haven't obeyed the law. Um, He's connecting that to Christ and saying Christ has, has become our imprecation. He's become the curse for us so that we don't have to pay the penalty of the curse. So even as we think of maybe wrongs we see in the world or wrongs that are done against us. We can pray that God would do justice in that um, moment or in that, but at the same time, realize that God's purpose might be the salvation of that person or the salvation of those people. Um, but that imprecation is still um, fulfilled. The justice is still fulfilled through Christ because Christ has taken on the imprecation for that person. But it becomes, I think, a more biblical and precatory prayer when we're praying that God's glory would be seen, that mm. that justice would be served, because justice is worth um, fighting for, and we want to we want to live in a just society, and God wants to create a just society in the world, and so if that's what we're concerned with, actual justice, um, and not just seeing our enemies fall or seeing bad guys, you know, get what they deserve, we want to see actual justice, we want to see a just society created in our country. Um, then I think we can pray in prayers because we know that God's glory is is valued above all else, that we want justice and that's what God wants. It's a little more nuanced than than maybe a more, I guess, worldly kind of just response to something we disagree with or maybe very rightly think is wrong. There's a little more intention. And a little bit more, yeah, it's a call for God to act according to his character, according to his own justice.
0: Now that we have a base understanding of what an imprecatory psalm is, let's look at one. Here's Psalm 69, and we're going to focus in on verses 22 to 24. And here it is. May the table set before them become a snare, may it become retribution and a trap May their eyes be darkened so they cannot see and their backs be bent forever. Pour out your wrath on them. Let your fierce anger overtake them. Does that remind you of anything?
1: Yes. In Stolen, Ryan sings May. Which is then followed by this expression of violence towards someone he really hates, which is very similar to how the writer of this psalm expresses their anger.
0: Exactly, Monica. And thus, why Stolen had this familiarity to me in the purposeful way it was expressing anger. But let's move on from this unnerving and disturbing face we found ourselves in with Stolen.
1: This is Flickers,
0: thematic explorations of the good, the true,
1: and the beautiful in music. I'm Monica Hauer.
0: And I'm Matt Linder.
1: Now that you gave the excellent introduction to this week's theme of prayer, I think it's time we catch up with our contributors.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Who do we have on deck for the first parts of a two-part episode on prayer?
1: First, we're going to hear from... Crispin Mayfield. On Tell, from At War with Walls and Mazes.
0: And then... Jeremy Doan. Covers the same song, plus Slowly from Brighter Wounds. It is only our first theme, and we're already covering the outer reaches of Sun Lux's musical
3: output.
1: Indeed we are. Here's Crispin on Prayer and
3: Tell. I thought, when I thought of prayer... I thought of the song Tell and I think this is a very very unique song. There are very few songs that has this kind of structure because there is not a crescendo. There's not it He has a lot of songs that start off calm and quiet and then build, and this one doesn't build. It just stays there the whole time. There are some differences in instrumentation, but Um, It is a very calm song. It's interesting because um, he has different vocals going on at different times, so it's confusing. It's not necessarily simple. But um, in terms of the ups and downs, which he does quite a bit of, a lot of quiet, loud, that sort of thing, this one just, just stays right there. And the lyrics, I think, probably are... I think they definitely seem like a prayer it's really simple there's a couple of lines tell me anything you want to tell me i have nothing to say but you have everything to say, to tell me. I have nothing
2: to say.
3: so there's you know basically just variations on that and that to me really uh gives the idea of a of being a contemplative headspace of pausing, stopping. And I think that fits because that first album was so liturgical um, and had such strong spiritual themes. So in the context of that, um, it really seems like he's talking to God. And also, um, this is a song that I've used um, during different contemplative times in my life. So it's been really significant to me. But I really think that that was where he was coming from. I don't think I'm just putting my own experience on that because it really is just this, it's this openness. I think the the song itself has, it's not very intense. And I think rather than intense, it's open. It's this kind of peaceful um, waiting, uh, listening, um really just kind of the things that listening prayer is and i think it really displays that well and in some ways there's not a lot to say about this song because it's so he did it so well uh the lyrics and the music just fit together to give that that <sighs> give that feeling and message of contemplation. More to
0: come on liturgy and contemplation in the album At Wars with Walls and Mazes in next week's bonus episode. So yeah, I... But for now, let's hear Jeremy's interpretation of the song. I think
5: that speaks to me about Tell is even more than usual. It's this soft whisper. His voice is so even softer than I think it normally is and when it when the track starts out it's this very subdued a very basic chord progression not the rhythm that's in all the other songs that's you know one of the distinctives of their music is is i think the rhythms i like how his voice is i forget what the technical term is but it's where you when, when you have that recording and it's it sounds kind of tinny it has like you know the treble turned up so it sounds like he's distant or you know in a in a big room it's not it's not very clear and then I have nothing to say. tell me and i think it's the first course where he you know, he has the the line you know tell me anything you want to tell me I've got nothing more to say. And he says that a few times and then he gets to, I guess you'd call it the chorus. Although it doesn't have that traditional verse chorus structure, but then he says, um, but you have everything to say to me. And like, as he's saying that line it the, the clear and more precise and, and, and not as distant, it's like, it's coming, coming into focus and the first time he says that and there's the i don't know what it is it's like a um very twangy twangy is not the right word but it's like it's a slide guitar where he's not holding the slide very close to the string and so it gets that buzz hits that and swoops up and it's it's like draws all that emphasis on that point where he's saying you have everything to say to me and when I think about how that relates to prayer and why I chose that song is is prayer is the, – the, the older I get and the more I think about prayer, the more I realize it's about listening and just being in a place where you can – you're not saying anything. You're just listening in wherever it is for, for God to speak to you. And, and the way that, strong, that song is structured, it puts all that emphasis on when he says, but you have everything to say to me. And it's almost like that buzzing guitar string is drawing him up, drawing him to a higher plane. And it's just so there's so few elements in there, and yet every element comes together at that point to emphasize that, that, that phrase. And I, and I just find that very moving, very transcending and very evocative of, of what I, what I strive for. And when I pray and what I strive to develop in my own prayer life.
0: I also asked Crispin what he made of that striking string sound.
3: It's, it is a really interesting sound and it sounds very, um, acoustic, which is rare, in a lot of his music and i think that also you can kind of imagine him like in a in a catholic hermitage somewhere doing a 24 hour silent retreat like playing around with his guitar in the silence I think that's really what it is, is those strings, uh, whatever it is that's going on, has such like an authentic feel to it. And it almost seems like he doesn't have complete control either. Um, It's kind of wavering in and out in terms of the notes. And um, I think that itself, it's like this authentic offering is what it sounds like to me.
1: Lowering your defenses in this relationship to God is also present in slowly, as Jeremy explains.
5: It's way more sensual than than tell i think I think at its core, at least the way i I hear it it's it's the same thing. It's this desire to have some some other person, some other someone outside of you speak to you, tell you something, and w- where in tell it's very. Simple and and elemental. Um, slowly is much more. It's not. Like, it's not erotic, but it's it's sensual. It it's, it has that amazing rhythm. That that's like a stuttered heartbeat or something. I almost find it more frail because it's, you know, the, 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 those lyrics, you know, lie to me like you do when you tell the truth. And, and it's just this person who's so desirous to hear somebody talk to them, but so afraid of what they might say. to hear, but but he's so afraid of the truth, which is why he's asking whomever he's talking to to lie to him, but to talk to him in the same way as when he tells the truth. And there's a, I mean he says, you know the first line is, be careful what you say. I may die this way. He says, I can see your lips. I don't want to feel your heart. So he he wants that communion, but he's so afraid of the truth. He's so afraid of what it'll what it'll do to him you know at the singer at this stage is I think much more frail than whoever it is that's yeah because he's afraid of being torn apart but yeah he still needs that communion he still needs to hear the the words coming to him it it feels like you you see that in the psalms a lot where there there's this tension between what you know asking god to to save them to pull them pull them out like demanding god doing certain things for them, while at the same time realizing that God is true to his promises. But it's like there are times where, you know, I know you're going to, the psalmist, whoever it is, will say, I know you're going to save me, but right now I just I just need to speak my fear to you. And kind of the, the reverse of that is happening here. He's not necessarily saying anything. He just wants to hear from God, whatever it is. And he, he's afraid of what the truth might do to him and so he's asking him to lie to him but he still needs to hear that that, that voice and, and I think it's because he knows he needs it there, he, he says at that, that one point when you whisper in my ear it'll turn all the everything bright I don't think he says darkness but it'll turn everything bright and, and in the song there's like a pause right before he says bright
2: like I need to do so I can hear you say something that's song.
5: Right, that desire to hear something from this person, even though they're afraid of hearing the truth from them, they still need that communion and I, I think there's a way in which both of these songs work both as both tell and slowly work as someone talking, you can imagine it as a prayer, somebody talking to God, but I also think there's a level at where you can reverse it and say, this is almost God speaking to us, where God just desires that we speak to him where he's he's not necessarily sitting there waiting to tell us anything. He just wants to have that communion with us. C- communion with another is often just just sitting still and listening to the other. It's this type of mutual attention towards one another. And I think I don't I don't have any indication that Sun Lux in wanted this in, in their songs, but in those two songs, but listening to it and thinking of it as this this mutual attention between God and, and the speaker adds an interesting aspect to the song. I think an interesting perspective.
0: Do you think on slowly how there's those moments of just complete silence before it kicks back in is operating similarly to how that string instrument is operating on tell?
5: Yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but that makes... Sense where where it's it's that that space to to listen. It's that space to pause. Whereas in tell, it's drawing that the person up or drawing them into a different state of being. Here, it's just a pause, a quietness.
0: Powerful, powerful stuff on prayer in these two songs which we'll explore more
1: in Part 2 of Prayer, which is available to listen to now. Shout out to this episode's contributors, Lucas Matthews, Crispin Mayfield, and Jeremy Dunn.
0: Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Help boost the podcast by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Tell everyone and anyone you know who
1: is a Sun Lux fan, and even those who aren't.
0: This episode was produced and edited by me, Matt Lender. Storyboarding and scripting assistance by Armani Peterson
1: and me, Monica Howard.